This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. At Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Mr. Ty and Brian, we're here until midnight. Hello, Gordon Damer. Larry, how we feeling, my man? We're doing great, my friend. How are you? I can't complain. I'm doing a lot better than Kanye and Kim right about now. Oh yes, I, I saw. I Hard saw. Hard to believe. The it, yeah, true right. Love sure. Doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, of course. <laughs> this this is one of those just in, but you, but you're not surprised. No, <laughs> I'll tell you, I was actually surprised. They made it six years. That's a pretty good run yeah. for them. Yeah, she's going to pay for though. Seventy two days to Chris Humphreys. This is like yeah. a lifetime. Six years. And just imagine what's going to happen to Kanye if we go about what happened to Chris Humphreys. Nobody even knows where he yeah, is anymore. Nobody's seen Chris Humphreys in a while, but he's doing all right, I'm sure. Uh, maybe, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard from him. I haven't seen him. I don't know what's going on with him, Gordon. I tell you I this know though: the level of uh, crazy is less where he is right now than where he was. I, I get the feeling that he can he can breathe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's doing, but I think it's probably a more relaxed environment. And he's incognito wherever he is. Yes. <laughs> Witness protection. <laughs> Gordon, the Jets have an interesting job. They are trying to find a head coach. And when you look at the candidates, and we're going to you know, go back and forth and give you our thoughts about them, then we want to hear from you via all the ways you can join us, via Twitter, via the phones here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Uh, Gordon, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of these choices. Now, I noticed there's a couple – that four college coaches and you know this is interesting for me because I don't think the Jets have even I know that Matt Rule was a possibility for them until he wanted to bring in his own folks and then like nah uh, we we gotta have Greg Williams we've got to have Greg Williams so Rule said well I don't and I'm not taking the job but really when you talk about a head coach for the Jets they haven't even had a head coach since Lou Holtz yeah, from the college ranks. It's been a yeah. long time, right? Uh, I would be very surprised unless, it, you know, look, I have, I have the, the, the right to change my mind based on how the events change as well. Mm-hmm. But just from the names that you hear, uh, it, I would be very, very surprised if they went the college ranks. That would surprise me a lot. I feel like, you know, Joe Douglas's feet are both firmly planted in the NFL mm-hmm. uh, as a player, now as a GM I feel like they need someone from the NFL ranks that kind of knows the. I, there can't be a learning curve for whoever comes in here, right? Like they yeah. have to hit the ground running after how bad things have been here the last couple of years. And Gordon, for me, what's interesting here is there's a there's a significant amount of defensive coordinators that are <clears throat> that are on this list, and yeah. that kind of surprised I, me because a when surprising, you, yeah, yeah, because when you look back at the Jets, other than <clears throat> Adam Gase. It's been defensive guys. It's been Rex. It's been Mangini. It's Herm. It's Todd Bowles. You know, it's been really defensive guys. And, you know, the fan base has been clamoring, please, will you bring me an offensive guy? So I don't know if it is a defensive guy that you come in that is the head guy, then obviously he's got to have a really, really talented offensive guy that he's just going to hand the offense over to. What I don't see here is uh, any special teams people. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, of the people that they've requested to speak permission to, I'm sure that this is a list that's going to grow for a while. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to grow that much because, you know, Joe Douglas, who was on with the K show and has kind of made the media rounds here after the firing of Adam Gase, you know, he might not say it out loud, but he's had to have known that this moment was coming, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you don't need – it's not like it's a surprise where you're like, oh, geez, I don't know where I'm going to – you know, somebody didn't retire, right? Like, he knows that he was going into this offseason looking for a new head coach. So I would think that that list doesn't need to be all that deep. Like, you know who you want to talk to, and it's just a matter of those people kind of – um, you know, who blows you away the most in the interview process or, or other things that you learn in the process. Maybe it grows by another name or two as we go along, but I would think that the names that we kind of know so far, probably one of those is going to emerge pretty quickly. Now, Patrick Graham has signed an extension with the Giants. He was, he was asked to, you know, be interviewed. Uh, so he has gone back. So he's back with the Giants. So he's off the list. Uh, Brian Dayball. I think he might have been willing to take a pay cut just to stay with the Giants. No, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I'll stay here. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. yeah. If I can keep this defense, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll take a better job it's somewhere down the line. Uh, Brian Dayball is interesting for me, uh, Gordon, uh, the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, because I'm going to be honest with you. I think Buffalo's being very kind. With what he's been able to do with Josh Allen, I wouldn't let him go. Yeah, I I mean, his time is coming. He's a name that's kind of been bounced around quite a bit. He's had a bunch of jobs, but it's the fact that he has been able to take Josh Allen, who in the first two years of his career really looked much more, you know, the success that he had was much more as a runner than as a passer. He always had the big arm, but you never saw really the accuracy, certainly not going back to college, the accuracy that he has, has developed here over the last year. So, yeah, he's going to get a lot of credit for that. And, you know, when... When push comes to shove, with it being as an offensive a league as you as you have, if you're a hot offensive name or a hot offensive coordinator or a hot defensive coordinator, I think your way of your path of getting a job quicker is the offensive route. So I think that when we get through this offseason with all the coaching openings that there are, Brian Dable's probably going to go someplace. It, it yeah, I, I I could see that. And listen, uh, Diggs going up there didn't hurt him. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that was a perfect fit, right? I mean, yeah. he just kind of opened up that offense and uh, and been, I mean, just outstanding. You know what? It's funny, Gordon. Jim Caldwell is on this list, and Jim Caldwell, after what has happened after he left Detroit, probably looks like a better coaching candidate than when he left Detroit. Yeah, I mean, when he was in Detroit, it was like, you know, they did okay, but you were looking for someone to take you kind of – I think the reason why they made that move was to take someone to take them to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the person that they hired, uh, they took him to a different level. It yeah. was definitely a different level. It was a much further level down. Uh, I mean, it, it was a disaster there with um, – um, Yeah, I can't I'm think of his name either. his name right now. Yeah, but, me uh, too. The guy from the Patriots. Yes. Um, Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it was just a complete disaster. You know, the fourth quarter blown leads. It was a mess every single. He was very, you know, we talked last night about Belichickian. He was very yeah. Belichickian, and uh, you know, you have to have the pelts on the wall to act like that. And he did not have the pelts on the wall, and certainly not the pelts on the wall in Detroit. If we're talking about, and you mentioned it, and you made a great point when you're talking about uh, Joe Douglas with you know his feet on the ground in, in the NFL and his, you know, his con- you know conversations and chit chats and stuff like that. Obviously, Don Wink Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator, is going to be on this list. And listen, you might think that he would have an inside track in theory. 
because Joe Douglas is familiar with his work. It's somebody who Rex Ryan talked about on Barton Hahn yesterday uh, that he was involved with. He was on the staff while he was there. So, And listen, from the defensive side, even though they're obviously not the Super Bowl defense that they were, they still have a pretty good defense. You know, he kind of – look, without dealing with people on a one-on-one mm-hmm. basis covering teams in other cities – it's always strange when you see, you know, defensive coordinators specifically that are are in places for a while and they always have good defenses. You know, Martindale to me reminds me a lot of uh, when Mike Zimmer. Remember before Mike yes. Zimmer got a chance? He was always a good defensive coordinator, but mm-hmm. he never really got a chance to be a head coach. And it was t- it took a really long time for him to finally get that chance. And look, he's not won a Super Bowl. But, you know, the Vikings have been pretty good with Mike Zimmer. So that's kind of the, you know, I, I like if I'm going to go the coordinator route, I, I really don't like someone who's just kind of burst on the scene for one yeah. or two years. I'd rather have someone who is, has had a little bit more, you know, has kind of gone through things a little longer than that, has a longer resume than that. But it certainly seems like that if you're going to go the offensive route, uh, it's probably going to be somebody who's been a coordinator for the last couple of years. Yeah, and for me, Gordon, I, I – and I'm not Joe Douglas, but for me, I would have to really consider sitting down with my head coach if he's a former coordinator on either side of the football. And I really want to make sure, after watching what Adam Gase did this time, I really want to make sure that he's got somebody that can call the plays. And I want him to be the head coach of the team. You know what I'm saying? I don't want him worrying about what play calling is here. I want him to listen. I want him to be involved, obviously. But I want him to be in tune enough to overrule either the offensive play or the defensive play. I don't necessarily know that I want him calling plays, Gordon. Well, you know what? He has to, it has to end this, this idea that the, the head coach is just in charge of one area of the team, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was definitely the case with Rex. It was definitely even more so. I mean, we used to crush Rex for that. And it was even more so just on the opposite side of the ball with Adam Gase. I mean, there would be times during the game, the game would be going on, and Adam Gase would be sitting on the bench, you know, drawing on his on his play chart while the defense is out on the field. Yeah. I mean, think of the times that the Jets had issues on defense. The questions really wouldn't go to Adam Gase. They would go to, to Greg Williams. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, you know, so that absolutely has to end. And I think that not only – Will whoever the head coach, you know, like the prospective head coaches, I think it's almost as important for them to interview the Jets and mm. as much as the Jets interview them. And I think the Jets have to, and ownership has to, go back to and, and figure out how they got it so wrong the last time. What was the, how did the process lead them to someone that no one anywhere thought it was a great hire? No one except the Jets. So how did they get it so wrong? What steps can they avoid this time? Because, boy, it will be almost impossible to have it be as bad as it was last time. Don't take any phone calls from Hall of Famers. Yeah. Peyton Manning. (laughs) Change Peyton Manning's number in your phone to potential spam. Someone get Chris Johnson's phone, and whenever Peyton Manning, put it so it comes up potential spam so it goes right to voicemail and you delete it immediately. No hall. Of, don't take any Hall of Fame no, my God, player no. calls. Please don't. Don't don't at all. They should not even talk to Peyton Manning. They, if they see Peyton Manning, they should avoid contact with him in any way. I wouldn't speak to him anymore. Oh God, no. <laughs> I would toxic talk to him personality. Oh no, done, done. Don't ever. He, as a matter of fact, don't mention his name in the house. Yeah, he's <laughs> it's like Voldemort on uh, Harry Potter. Exactly. He who exactly. shall not be named. Perfect. Is it important, Joe, for it to be an offensive guy? 
No, it's not. You know, what I said to the, the beat earlier, I think we're, we're going to cast a, a wide net. And I think it's important for us to find a person with you know, great integrity, great leadership, great communication skills, um, someone that not only can manage the offense or just or the defense or the special teams that can, can manage the team that can connect connect with connect with everyone, whether it's staff, whether it's players, whether it's personnel, you know, whether whether it's you know someone someone upstairs, just just a great relationship builder. And so, you know, I think I think it's if you know it, it, there's really not going to we're, we're not going to cut the field in half. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna look at this from a very wide lens. Jess GM Joe Douglas on the Michael K Show answering a Don LaGreca question about. You know, we're not married to an offensive type guy. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer. And Gordon, I think that kind of just sums up what we were talking about that, you know, especially just because you know you're going to probably get a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, you, you need somebody that's really going to be able to have to coach him up. You need some differences on the offense because the offensive numbers were so low. But, hey, guess what? The defense was a little bit better, but not much. Yeah, I mean, the Jets really kind of need everything. It kind of mm-hmm. comes back to the roster construction as well, right? Like, Quentin Williams looks like he's a piece. Marcus May, if he's going to be back. You know, they have a couple of pieces here and there. Uh, but, they, I mean, they really kind of lack talent pretty much everywhere. So, when you talk about, like, draft needs, it's pretty much everything. So, it does kind of – I mean, that's a negative, obviously, but it does kind of leave it much more of an open slate in, in terms of, like, if you're looking for a coach, right? Like, if you had a bunch of guys on offense already here, you'd think, well, you know, we got to get these guys going. we gotta, we got to take these guys to the next level. Maybe then you favor an offensive coach more. With the Jets, I think it's kind of an open sl- – it's, it's kind of a blank slate, right? I mean mm-hmm. – it's not like the defense was setting any any records yeah. either. It's just that the offense was so bad. It was. And, and the other thing, Gordon, is do you want a young head coach, which is kind of a guy that the team can grow together with? Or do you want to – I've all, my attitude has been, Gordon, to be honest, has been if I have a losing coach, I need somebody that has won something. I need somebody with some jewelry to come in here and teach these folks how to win because clearly with a bad team, nobody knows how to win until you draft players and, and you draft, you know, you, you change the culture of what it is, of what's going on with this team. So you know, I'm looking at this list and obviously Eric Bieniemy has been on the staff with rings, but then again, Gordon, I'll be honest with you. And a number of the callers have said it here. If I'm Eric Bieniemy, honestly, I, 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 I might Houston, <laughs> you know, uh, Rams with uh, Herbert, you know, I, that, that's why I might, that's why I might be looking. Well, I, look, I, I think if you're ranking the jobs, uh, mm-hmm. I think the Chargers job and the Jaguars job are the two that jump out, right? Like, you yep. know, if you go to Jacksonville, you're getting Trevor Lawrence. If you go to the, if you go to the Chargers, you got Herbert, you got a bunch of offensive players there. Those are the two that jump out immediately. Uh, so it kind of comes back to, for me, if I'm a prospective head coach, you know, these jobs are so hard to get mm-hmm. that you have to jump at it when you get the chance. But if you're somebody who's kind of been in the cycle for a little while, I feel like you got to jump at the one that you feel best about, right? Like you shouldn't just, I think that that was part of Gase's problem was that he wanted to go from Miami to get right back in rather than take a year off, maybe, you know, go, co- go coordinate in, in you know, uh, Alabama or wherever he could have went 
and kind of, you know, let the cycle kind of come back to you at some point. Uh, he went from one job right to another job, and I think that that was, uh, you know, he did it because it was the only job that was available to him. So I think that that was a mistake on his part. In terms of where the Jets go, I hear what you're saying. Like, there's part of me that's like, go with somebody who has a reputation. Go with somebody who has credibility. You know, don't um, don't maybe shoot for the highest ceiling. Make sure that you don't, you know, completely blow it again. But if you're Joe Douglas... This might be the only chance, you know, this might be his last, last best chance to pick a head coach. Doesn't he have to kind of go with the guy that he feels th- this guy is going to be a head if he's If he's, you know, Joe Brady, he's 31 years old. I know for sure this guy's going to be a great head coach. Don't you kind of have to swing for the fences and go that route rather than maybe somebody who's a little bit safer uh, that, you know, has a longer track record? but maybe doesn't have the ceiling of someone that you think is going to be this great, this next great head coach. Yeah. It's, it, it's tough because what you really are, are asking is you're asking this person to rebuild your whole program mm-hmm. and a young coach. That's why you, you look at the college coaches and you say, well, this is, this is something, this is what they've done. All right. Yeah. This is, this is what Shaw's done at Stanford Campbell in Iowa state Fitzgerald in Northwestern Harbor, Michigan. This is what they've done. They've rebuilt programs, and that's really when you talk about the lack of talent on this team. That's really what you're asking this team to, this head coach to do, is to rebuild this team and also to have the experienced coaches, Gordon, around him that can help teach these players how to play and make that adjustment from college to the NFL. Yeah, it's gonna. I think that the important thing is, no matter how the off season goes, it's gonna take more than one off season to really yes, get yeah. this pointed in the right direction. So it's almost like you're coming in with, a, you know, whoever the coach is, coming off the year that you're coming off of. I mean, that is actually something that is, is a benefit. That I don't know that the expectations are gonna be set all that high. Yeah, you're right. Not after two wins. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anything. And, and look, you're just going to be the anti-him, right? You're going to be the anti-Gase when you when you come in here. So, I mean, the fact that you're not him almost immediately gives you like a leg up in the fans' eyes. I think. Yeah. Let's go to the phones, Gordon. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Eddie from Rockland. You're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Eddie. All right. On the, uh, on the Jets, you know, I look at it this way. You know, I was a giant season ticket holder, and I wanted, uh, when Coughlin went, I wanted Gary Kubiak. And before they hired uh, the last coach, uh, two last coaches, I wanted Frank Reich. Okay? Okay. And I look at it this, totally this way with the Jets. First of all, I get Jim Harbaugh. That's my number one guy. Okay? He's, he's a, I want a, quarter, a guy who was an ex-quarterback and a guy who already won in the league and has some experience, and he's got it all. He can deal with the young mm-hmm. players. My biggest problem with the Jets is they keep on talking about quarterback. This team doesn't need a quarterback. This team needs to trade down. They're going to need to get two or three pieces on the offensive line, and they need to get a tight end, okay? Just like the Giants wasted a pick on Barkley, okay? Barkley, Barkley, Barkley. It's a wasted pick. If they would have traded down twice and got uh, two extra top seconds, and fill the offensive line, they'd be a lot better off. Not that Barkley's not great, but they don't need it. The Jets don't need a quarterback right now. They are three years away from needing a quarterback or a running back. They need two guards, a center, a tight end, some defensive line players. They are two drafts away, three drafts away from needing a quarterback. I would trade down two times, get the guard, the center, the tight end, 
do the same thing next year on the defensive line and stick in Tyrod Taylor for two or three years and just roll like that. Well, Eddie, here's the problem, and thanks for the phone call. And I hear what you're saying. But at some point in time, you need to figure out who your quarterback is long-term. This is this has been the problem with this franchise. They always have these stopgap guys. I mean, Brett Favre was a quarterback on this team, Gordon. You know, it, yeah. there comes a time where you have to say, "All right, here's what we need," and they grow together. I hear what you're saying, but I'm you're, so you want me to bring back Sam Darnold for a year? I, I can't bring him back. I See, just can't. Here's the thing, like, and this is the way I approach it. Maybe this is the wrong way to approach it, but if I'm Joe Douglas, right, and I have my job as a GM, I don't know if I'm ever going to get another GM job if I don't do a, a, a much better job with this job right now. I have a hard time believing that Joe Douglas has waited for this opportunity and he's going to roll the dice on bringing Sam Darnold back. Uh, I just I find that very, very, you know, he has the second pick in the draft. It's not like he's got a maneuver. I will say this, though. The Jets, to sit, you're like, we'll hear all these mock drafts. I think there's 115 days until the draft, so every permutation will take place. The Jets have one decision to make with that pick. Either you take a quarterback or you trade down. There's not, not the, the kid Sewell from, from Oregon, any of the wide receivers. There's no conversation about that second pick. Either you take a quarterback or you let someone who loves one of these quarterbacks move up. And I can see why you would be – that would be alluring to you, right, to allow somebody to move up and you move down and you stockpile picks, take more shots at the dartboard. The problem is, is that if you don't get the quarterback right at some point, the rest of it really doesn't matter. Exactly, because you hope not to be in this position where you're drafting number two again. Right. Well, because that, that's the problem with the way that Eddie laid it out, right? Like improve mm-hmm. the other aspects of the team and just put anybody at quarterback. So we're kind of, you know, kind of a good team. We have talent in other positions, but the quarterback. Okay, then you're going to go eight and eight every year, right? Like unless you have one of those premier quarterbacks, and I'm not saying you have to find him at two, but your chances of finding him in the first round are far better than any other round. Right now, we're focused on the task at hand, which is finding the right leader. I will say this, that you know, a decision of that magnitude, it's not going to be a unilateral decision by me. I think that you know, there's going to be a lot, a, lot of, uh, a lot of good conversation, productive conversations, and they're going to have to – they're going to they're be with, with our, our new coach. So um, you know, we, we, have, uh, we have a lot of big decisions to make this offseason. You know, it starts with the head coach, but then once we, once we get that coach – you know, we've we've got a lot of a lot of big decisions in terms of free agency, in terms of in terms of Sam, in terms of the draft. We have a lot of draft capital, and so you know I'm excited. I'm excited to lock arms with the uh, with a new coach and and really work on this together. Joe Douglas, with his thoughts about uh, drafting a new quarterback. Hmm, that was on the Michael K show earlier today. You can hear every day two fifty five to seven here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Right now, you're checking out ESPN New York tonight. Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer and. Gordon, that was as close to a non-answer as possible, but uh, I took it. I took it that they're looking for a new quarterback because I understand the financial part of this. You know what he sounded like? He sounded like when my daughter asked me for a pony. You know what I mean? Like you, come, you, you, you. Oh, um, yeah. Well, you know, sweetie, we'll have conversations about this. You know, you do the whole hoodwink. You know, just the, the roundabout, and and you come back, and you know what? That's maybe. We'll maybe do this, and we'll maybe do that, and you go hallway, and you never answer the question at all. So I think by now I'm not saying that he should say we're drafting a quarterback. You keep it, you know, you keep it to yourself, and I'm sure that the decisions will be made 
when other people are in place, including the head coach. But I think that, yeah, I think clearly they're, they're lining up to take the quarterback. It's called buying time to mm -hmm. come up with an answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you did with your daughter. You already right. know the answer, but it's buying time. You could easily say, no pony. But you, you don't, never you don't say no. To, you never, you, say you no. never put that out there because then the tears will start and that yes. whole thing. It, that's a tough game to get out of. So Absolutely. he's not saying no. He's just not saying anything definitive either. Exactly. You can imagine if he said Sam Darnold would be crying. Right. He'd, be, right. <laughs> he'd be devastated. He'd right. say, no, come on. I want to stay. I want to still be a Jet. Here's the concern, though, Gordon. Did you hear Greeny with Mel Kuyper Jr. today? I did. Yeah, this was a good cut. I like this. Oh, this is a concern. Here's what Mel Kuyper Jr. had to say about a possible draft choice at quarterback for the Jets. No, I would not. I think the Jets move forward with Sam Darnold. Greeny, when I go back and check the rating on Sam Darnold, he was right behind Josh Allen on my quarterback board. His rating will be higher than Justin Fields' rating and mm -hmm. ranking. So I think you look at that. They have the, You know Sam Darnold. He knows them. He's shown promise. He needs the right coach. He needs, obviously, the right people around him. But I would move forward with Sam Darnold. Hopefully, Cincinnati is, is thinking, hey, we need Penny Sewell. We can move up from 5-2, to two, make that deal with the Jets, get the tackle. If the Jets are stuck there, take Sewell. You have two of the best young bookend tackles in the league with Makai Becton and Penny Sewell helping out Sam Darnold. So, no, I would not take Justin Fields, the two of them, the Jets. I would either trade down or take the offensive tackle and move forward, like I say, Greeny, with Sam Darnold. Now, Gordon, I, I got to tell you this. I've watched a lot of football in my life. And Mel Kuyper Jr. is probably the 275th analyst I've heard on this radio station who's in love with Sam Darnold, who thinks that he is he's a fantastic quarterback that Adam Gase has just destroyed. And I'm telling you, I, I don't see it. I don't see – obviously, if you're telling me – that he's better than Fields. Well, he's got more NFL experience than Justin Fields, so there's going to be, there should be a less of a learning curve, I would think. But come on, Gordon. I, I mean, I respect Mel Kuyper Jr. He, he, he's seen a lot of players, but I just don't see it. I don't see where everybody sees with Sam Darnold. I don't get it. Here's the thing. What is, what is Sam Darnold's rating from USC matter now? Like, you got it wrong. I mean, I'm not saying that it's all Sam Donald's fault for the way his career has gone, and maybe he goes someplace else in a new situation and plays far better. But to think that, well, you know, I had Sam rated this way three years ago, and Fields won't be as good as him. What is, we've had three years of NFL experience, most of it horrendously bad from Sam Donald. Where does that factor in? Doesn't that, does, does the rating period cut off right after USC? Because that, that, that's a big chunk that I think should be going into the rating of the quarterback now. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, just he hasn't – I always look at it this way, Gordon. We get to the calls in a second. There's situations around that quarterbacks have, can't, content, can't control, and there's things that they can control. And the things that he can control – understanding not to predetermine where he's going. Don't stare a receiver down from the time he leaves the line into his route. Uh, understanding that you don't, you can't sit back there forever. Move the pocket. Extend the play. Even if you gain three or four yards, at least it's not first and 15 if you get sacked. It's now second and six or five or six, which gives you something. Things you can control, he has not done enough consistently to control those things. I have to, I, some of this has got to be on him.
And I thought he was going to be—I thought he was going to be a lot better than this coming out of college. I thought he was going to be really, really good. So I mm-hmm. was—I was in favor of the Jets drafting him. You know what? I screwed up. I, I got yeah. it wrong. Uh, you know, yeah. and anybody who thought that Sam Darnold should have been—you know—the second pick of the draft, or the third pick of the draft, or the fourth pick of the draft—we got it wrong. Simple as that. You know, yeah. it's just that. Uh, and I'm not saying it's all on him. Again, as I said, it might be that he goes to a different situation and has better coaching and better talent around him. But I think at this point. I don't see how, if you're Joe Douglas, you can bank on another year of what you've seen for three years. It's not a small sample size anymore. Here's the bottom line, Gordon. If you, if he were going into the draft based on what you've seen, he would not be the number two pick. No, he wouldn't be the number my two God. pick. I mean, it's, I mean, he's, it's been a nightmare. It's been a nightmare, especially these last two years. And I will, you know, you have to factor in the fact that, sure. that you know, Gase was here. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's not even like you're moving him to a different situation. You're moving him to a different coach, but a lot of the same players are going to still be here. Yeah. It's going to be a tough situation. Jim's and Roosevelt. Hey, Jim, you're next on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, how you doing tonight? Doing good, Jim. What's up? Well, well I'm, I'm of the position that I think the Jets should also trade down. Um, you cannot bring a quarterback, uh, a fresh quarterback, into this situation with no talent around him like they did with Sam Darnold. Uh, no other quarterback that I could think of has ever come into a, t- a losing team like this with no talent and has done anything. When, um, when Peyton Manning went to the Colts, they were bad, but they was in the playoffs two years prior to that. When uh, Russell Wilson went to uh, Seattle, they were a playoff team uh, the year before, two years before he had got there. Pete Carroll was in place. They were 7-9 two years in a row, and then they went 11-5. Ben Roethlisberger went to the Steelers. You know, the rest is history. Um, and as far as, like, uh, um, uh, the New England quarterback, uh, Tom Brady, he went to he went to a team that uh, the previous year they had a bad record, but by the time that he actually uh, got the start, they were on their way to the playoffs. So other than, like, Peyton, um, other than Peyton Manning, all the other quarterbacks have actually gone to good situations. I mean, uh, uh, the Green Bay quarterback, he, he's, he's actually, you know, taken over for Brett Favre, who was just, a, you know, in, on the playoff team the prior year before he got in there. So any quarterback put into, these, into that same scenario with no talent and, and an even worse coach is, is, is not going to do well. So you bring a rookie into a team with no talent, and, and you're going to turn him into Derek Carr also. So – with that being said, you trade down and you stockpile some picks and you do the same thing possibly next year or maybe you get your quarterback next year if Sam Donald doesn't show any improvement with better talent. All right, so, Jim, here, I'm going to ask you the same question that Gordon and I was talking about, and thanks for the phone call. And here, here's the question. So I, I do that. I trade down. I get these picks. Gordon, I end up being somehow, some way, Six and ten, okay. I, right. I get now I get four games better. Find a way to, to find the now. How do I get my quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> how do I get my quarterback? And and your I understand the examples that that he gave Gordon, but some of the examples he gave were it wasn't a quarterback that was bad. It was we got to find the next quarterback to follow our guy who's getting up in age with Brett Favre. Okay, we Aaron Rodgers sat forever. Yeah, sat for three years. He sat forever. He, yeah. This wasn't the situation where he was walking right in. Same thing with Brady up in New England. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if it wasn't for the Jets, Brady wouldn't have started for another two, three years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
You know, if ever, right? Yeah, who exactly. Knows? Who knows how life turns out? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, I can see the value. And, and as I said, it, it's going to be tempting, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you think to yourselves, especially if you're a GM, right? You love the picks. You love to be able to move and wheel and deal. And now you're in the big chair. You're kind of running the show. So to say, hey, you know what? We're not going to take that second pick. We're going to move down to maybe eight. But we'll get a, a, a another. We'll get a first round pick here, a first round pick next year, a second round pick this year. You know that's going to be very alluring, especially for a, a team that has a lot of holes. So I can understand the approach of that. The only problem with that is what happens if you nail a lot of those picks, right? You have a lot of this talent, and now you don't have the quarterback. Or it, it, you know, it could be possible the quarterback's the one that's holding you back. Yeah. Yep. You know, did the did the offense look all that much? Worse when Joe Flacco was in there. I think there were times where the offense looked better. Yeah, it's it, it it's a tough situation, and like I agree with you, and I understand why you want to trade down. I do. It's but alluring. It is. It, it is. There's no question because you need it. But you're you're unfortunately for you, you need the one position that really helps determine whether you're going to have sustainable success, and that's the quarterback. If 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 this was his third year, and he had a bad year. Okay, and this is his third. This is his second or third year, Gordon. Okay, second year. All right, maybe I'll take a flyer. Maybe I'll do that because I I think I've got another year that he can show me something else. If this is last year, and I'm looking at that, okay, maybe I hold on to him because I'm looking at three more years on his deal, Gordon. Right. Yeah, he's going to start to get expensive, right? I mean, yeah. And, and you don't. I mean, there's no way that you can say definitively if you improve all these things around him that he is going to take the necessary leap from where he was. Nope. I have no guarantees. That's a big leap. And And, and history has shown, I bring this up a lot, history has shown if you are a quarterback and you don't show up by year two or year three, like on some consistent level, chances are you're never going to show it. And the problem is, the other problem is with him, you know, I, my franchise quarterback, I need him to be durable. Gordon, he hasn't played a full season yet. Hasn't played a full season either. That's not good either. Now, you know, the Jets, I, I think, have, what, is it the second or the third most cap space? So, I think a yeah. lot of these holes, you know, receiver, I think is clearly there's a lot of receivers that are going to be available this offseason. So, that's a weapon for whoever the quarterback's going to be. You can certainly, you know, Gase was never one to really favor investing heavily on the guard position on the offensive line. So, maybe Joe Douglas rectifies that. That can certainly be an improvement there. You don't have to fill it through the draft, and that kind of makes it a little bit more ready-made situation. But, you know, look, they have a lot of, they have a lot of ammunition to improve it, but they have a lot to improve as well. Chatting with you about the situation with the Jets, what kind of coach do they need? We're also, in a couple of minutes, turn our attention to the New York Knicks. One of our colleagues is big-time happy about the way the Knicks are going. Big-time. We'll talk about that. Oh, by the way, uh, the Nets, Gordon, decided that they only wanted to play. The starters only wanted to play three quarters tonight. <laughs> Look, that's what the start. Whatever the starters want. And it, <laughs> let's be honest, it's not the starters. It's Kyrie. It's, it's Kevin Durant and it's Kyrie. They make, the, they make the rules. And he came out tonight. Kyrie did. He was determined. They blew Utah away. The, the starters didn't play the fourth quarter because the game was over early so uh the nets listen 
they had lost four or five, and they were starting to hear some things. But we'll talk a little next a little bit later. Let's continue our conversation about what the Jets should do as head at head coach. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Damien in the Garden State. Hey, Damien, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how's it going, uh, Larry and um, Gordon? It's good to talk to you guys tonight. Hey, Damien. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah I hear you fine, Damien. Go ahead. All right, all right, cool. Yeah, no, so I wanted to say for the head coach um, – we need someone that's going to bring, like, heart and, you know, someone that's going to bring a full four full quarters um, back to the Jets. Like, you know, I hear all these people, the previous calls, hating on the Knicks so hard, but Thibodeau's done outstanding so far. And um, I think if we could hire someone like that that's, you know, experienced and knows what they're doing, maybe we could, uh, you know, have success. Thanks for the call, guys. All right, Damien, right, thanks Damian. so much. That would be nice, Gordon, but I, I think here – and here's the thing, and hopefully with Joe Douglas anchoring this situation, he'll have a criteria so that the resume that Adam Gase was able to use – and we talk about Peyton Manning, we'll put him aside for right now – but the resume that, that he was able to use and what he sold, the bill of goods he had, was very convincing. <laughs> Otherwise, he would not have gotten that job. So hopefully with Joe Douglas, a football guy, all right, running this, being the point person, he will understand that, you know, he'll be able to read through the additions that, you know, people used to do when they used to embellish their resume. Okay, I need to – here's the bottom line. What can you do with this team? And, you know, the more people he talks to about it, Gordon, I think it's good because it gives you an idea of what people want to do on the outside and what view did they have of this franchise and how they could change things from a different point of view. You need to hear from as many people as possible, but I don't want him to jump to a decision right away, but I also know that it needs to be done before free agency because if you're a Jet fan, you don't want to happen what happened two years ago with Gase after McCagnan spends all the money, then Gase comes in and says, uh, I don't want to play these guys. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about, like, you want to cast a wide net, you want to talk to all these people, but, like, the fact that Joe Douglas knew that this was going to be the case, right, I, and he's been waiting for his opportunity, you know, it's been he, he knew even before he got the Jet job that someday he would be running the show of an organization he's very well thought of, very well spoken of, even before he got the job, and it was almost a surprise that this was the job that he decided to go with. You have to think that he's got a pretty short list of people that he wants to talk to that he's already kind of got in mind. Now, you don't want to... You don't want to cut out anybody that might, you know, come up on the radar later in the process. But I would think that it wouldn't really take all that long before we have an idea of which way he wants to go. Yeah. I just want to make sure that he gets all the information possible, Gordon, because this is a for him and for the team. This is a, I know it's going to sound like you know, I'm like over overinflated Gordon this is a this is a this is a disseminal moment for this franchise this is a franchise that hasn't been in the postseason in over a decade okay yeah. this is a franchise that needs a quarterback there's so many things that Joe Douglas can change the courts of this franchise right now with this decision and the first one is head coach because listen while we, we talk about Sam Donald and we understand he hasn't performed and we get it but as you've mentioned Gordon quarterback is not the only issue with this team Okay, there's a, a host of things that have to be done with this team, aside from personnel, culture, and everything. So this is you really need to make sure that you've got a person who is going to be 
the CEO, as Damian Woody told me when he was still playing with the Jets. He said, you know what? I love Rex, but Rex can't be the CEO of the defense. He's got to be the CEO of the team. And that's, and that's the type of person they need. They need a person that understands that they have to run the whole franchise. They have to have their finger on the pulse of every single thing that goes on with this team. Well, think about it. They have the second pick in the draft, right? They need a core. They have to solve the quarterback however they want to solve it, right? They have the sec. I think the second most draft capital of any team in the sport. They have the third most cap space of any team this offseason. But yet the biggest decision by far is finding the right head coach. The NFL is a coaching league more so than the other leagues. And they have to be able to nail this one. Joe Douglas has to, if he does nothing else, he has to get this one right. No question about it. Chris is in Manhattan. Hey, Chris, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good evening, guys. Um, it's, it's a happy new year. Um, it's good to hear you guys together again. Dynamic duo is back. Thanks, um, I guess the first thing um, it, what you were talking about was head coach. Um, honestly, and I think I said this uh, a couple of days back, um, NFL, head, uh, NFL experience, um, Martindale, Wink Martindale, I got his name today. Uh, something about that that Baltimore connection uh, that I would look at. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. You know. Again, the the offensive or defensive. Um, whether you lean one way or the other, uh, again, you're going to have to coach the whole the, the whole team. Yeah, I mean, you know, offense, defense. You know, I mean, you need to be in a, you know in every position you know position group meeting you know to a certain extent or you know be popping in um i want you to think about something um generally do offensive uh would you say offensive coaches or defensive co- you don't have to answer now offensive coaches or defensive coaches in general uh play which ones play better uh complementary football because uh, that, that's one thing that, you know, I mean, I don't want an offensive guy who's really not thinking about defense at all. Um, having said that, um, Arthur Smith would love Arthur Smith. Wink Martindale would love him. Brian, uh, Brian Dayball, you, you hurt, you know, uh, you, you hurt the Buffalo Bills. You know, so you, one of those three I would be happy with. Um, obviously you got it. You've got to attack free agency and we need to, and, and Gordon said earlier, something about, um, something about guards. If Joe, and I've said this and I'll say it a million times, if Joe Tooney <laughs> comes free, you hit, you, 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 you just, just drive the bring truck up there. Okay. <laughs> you put that, you put that with Becton and, um, McGovern and Fant. Now with uh, – and, and, again, that, that I would be looking at Wyatt Davis, okay, or Rashawn Slater. Now you have a line that is going to protect whoever your quarterback is. One of the things about the quarterback, if you are – if you're not in the idea that you want to bring Sam Darnold back, one of the things that I would caution, the way that you guys are describing Sam Darnold, I'm giving you a fourth-rounder. If you want to trade, no. The I mean, they'll get how you... I mean, they'll get a second round pick for him. I think. I don't think they'll get a first round pick. Uh, I don't think that they'll be. You know, with so many quarterbacks being available in the draft this year, uh, I think that there's going to be almost uh, enough 
opportunities for teams and that there's not going to be a big feeding. You know, if there was no, if this was a rare draft where there was not some, you know, top heavy quarterbacks, Sam probably would bring you back more in a deal, but Uh I still think you'll get a second round pick for him. I think so. I think so. Because somebody's going to be convinced Gordon that they can fix him. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to look at him as some, with all the people that have come on this station, like I said earlier and said that he is from Orlowski to Kuiper to, Ryan Clark, they all, many of them, say the same thing. He's been ruined. He can be fixed. So, if and, and there's always a coach somewhere who thinks they can fix a player. There always is. And so I think somebody will roll the dice and take a chance on him, especially if in a backup role like Frisco. Okay, they know who their quarterback is right now, so they'll, they'll take a fly. They'll, listen, if this guy doesn't work out, oh, we'll throw Sam in there. So I do think – I agree with you. I do think there will be some places where he can go, and I think it will be better than the fourth rounder because football people are looking at him differently than how we are looking at him as, oh, God, when is he ever going to get better? <laughs> yeah, I just can't imagine how you would be that confident after watching what you've watched for the last three years. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But they, you know what, Gordon? You you know they say it all the time. They they just do. So, uh, you know, maybe it's what we talked about early. It's the idea of the coaches who are going to just say to him, listen, no, you don't do it this way. You have to do it this way. And if you don't do it, guess what? You're sitting down. And sometimes that makes you – and I'm not saying he's not working hard, Gordon, but I just think when you – Something like this where he goes to another opportunity where he's not the starter and he's got to really fight and scratch and claw and earn his way on the football team, I think it makes a difference. I just do. I think it'll make a difference, and if he gets the right coaching, he can be better. Well, as I've said about you know the various parts of the Jets, where if he goes anywhere, he will almost certainly be going to a better situation than he's in right now. Like with the yep. coach and the talent around him and all those, all those things have to be better wherever he goes next. Before we go back to the yes. phones, I have a question. Go ahead. Uh, Matt, you know, we talk about the Jets pretty uh, a lot tonight and, and mm-hmm. how bad the situation is. Imagine being a Browns fan. Mm. You finally get into the playoffs after 17 – the Jets, it's been 10 years. It feels like 100. 17 years. Mm-hmm. And then we get the news today that their head coach, because of COVID protocols, is not going to be able to coach the game. Yeah. My question is, why can't they do that virtually? Why can't he be on some sort of Zoom link? I don't know, whatever thing you got to throw together, two cups and a string. I mean, isn't that if we can be doing it from home, can't Kevin Stefanski be doing it from his house? Sure. Has a big screen TV. He's got a big screen TV. He gets the he gets the sideline feed. And he's he can do it on the phone. He doesn't right. even, he, he could just go, here's the play I want. Run this play from what you're talking about. What's going on? He could be involved. They could Maybe do they it. bring in Gase just for the sideline. No. Just to, just to help out. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. Cleveland has suffered enough. Yeah, they probably have. They, probably <laughs> they don't need to do that. Danny's in Yonkers. Hey, Danny, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. I'm really enjoying the show, you guys. This is great. Uh, but I have a question. Um if the Jets don't take field, do you think that the lack of size for Smith, who won the Heisman tonight, would stop them from drafting him with the second overall pick? Danny, I've said, and I'll continue to say, because this is what 
all the experts say. With the Jets' decision, the decision is you take a quarterback or you trade down. So I don't think that uh, Panay Sewell will be a, a consideration at two. I don't think that the receiver is a consideration at two. I don't think that anything is a consideration at two outside of quarterback because someone will, if the Jets don't, fall in love with one of the quarterbacks and want to take him at two or you move down. And then, you know, if you move down six, seven, eight, well, you know, somewhere in that range, I would think, you know, uh, you could certainly get Smith there. Yeah, but, you, you know, they're going Just to give you an idea, this is what I do with my free time. Uh, mm-hmm. Pro Football Focus has this um, mock draft simulator mm. where you pick a team that you are going to operate, and then you get to do however you want to operate. You can trade picks or whatnot. So with the Jets having the second pick, I made a trade with the Detroit Lions. So I traded down from two. I got seven. I got 39. So I got the Lions' second-round pick, and I got the Lions' pick in, 2020, uh, in 2022. So I got two ones for my one and a second-round pick. So that, you know, we're talking about how alluring it's going to be if you're the Jets. If you can convince yourself that Sam is the guy, you can see how that will have a lot of play in the room, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I'm, and listen, it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be tempting. There's no question about it because you have so many needs. You're not like one or two guys away that you could, that that free agency is going to solve everything. Now I'm hoping that the Jets don't do that. They take the quarterback, and then my Dolphins at three. That can be the hot spot to trade up. People, business, come on, let's make a deal. <laughs> yeah, because you have your franchise quarterback. Well, we hope we. I do have to say the amount of reaction from Sunday. Oh, Tua's a bust. He stinks. He's terrible. They got to draft a quarterback at three. They'd be crazy. I mean, the guy had one year. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a terrible year. And it wasn't like he was working with great weapons. I mean, we talk about Sam's weapons. And you know what really irks me, uh, Larry, is that all the people tweeting me about how bad Tua is are all the same people who have defended Sam for three years. If Sam had a year like Tua had this year... They'd be throwing parades. They'd be printing playoff tickets. They'd be putting them in the Hall of Fame. Statues outside MetLife. Well, they would have been 10 and 6. <laughs> I mean, he was, look, he was not great. I'm not going to tell you he was great. But if you take a look at his numbers overall for a rookie quarterback, no training camp. I mean, outside of fantasy football people who know Mike Geisicki and Devontae Parker, look at what he – Miles Gaskin – uh, the, 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 the other running back they had in there, uh, I, can't even, I can't even remember his name. I'm screaming yeah. his name during games. Ahmed was one of the guys they had. I mean, they had nobodies. Yeah. And you won 10 tight games. Ends. And, you won, and you know what? Here's the thing. Andy, Andy was coming off an injury. He's probably going to be better next year anyway. Well, I've got from Larry, from your lips to God's ear. I, I, and I'm not even a – it's crazy. I – crushed that pick when they made it because I didn't like the idea of taking him mm-hmm. because I feel like he is going to get hurt. He's not a big guy. He's not a dynamic. You know, he doesn't run like crazy. He doesn't have a rocket arm. He's not big. So here I am, the guy who, who was the one person on draft time saying the Dolphins screwed it up, and I had to, you know, I got to go back on, on and actually kind of defend the guy because, again, his season, he threw 11 touchdowns and had five interceptions over the season. I mean, you know, I'm okay. not going to break down all the different numbers, but I think he was, his completion percentage was about 65%. You know, it, 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 it's crazy now that he had one year. Eh, it wasn't great. You're gone. Yeah, it, it's, it is. It's crazy. It's crazy. Extended Patrick plays. Mahomes has ruined it for everybody. 
I mean, two to one quarterback to touchdown to turnover ratio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Give it's me crazy. And, and look, who? And then the funny thing is, all these things they talk about. You know, uh, Tua being so terrible. And then the next thing, boy, this Josh Allen, he's amazing, isn't he? He was terrible when he came in. Yeah. And we still have to see how he is in the postseason. Yep. Now, you know, because he, he was good last year, but the postseason, he did not play well. And obviously, they went out and made the, the adjustment. You know, they gave, him, they gave him a home run hitter. So that's going to help him out. But, you know, once again, when you get to that level, Gordon, as you know, defensively, I'm take, he's not beating me. I'm taking him out. If I got to safety help over the top, whatever I got to do, he's not beating me. If, if some other receiver is going to score touchdowns, it's not going to be that guy. And Here's a quarterback uh, rating was 87 for Tua this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, his QBR was 52.9. I don't really know what that means. But, yeah, he had 11 touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, 1,800 yards in nine games that he started. Mm-hmm. Now, did he have some low moments? Absolutely. And one of them was on Sunday against the Bills, who were like this juggernaut team. Uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. I've spent They're too much team. time talking. Obviously, it's irking me. I, 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 yeah, I, I could I'm see that. derailing the show with Tua Talk. I apologize. But it's okay. You needed to. Woosah. I, I had to get it off my Deep chest. Breath. My Deep wife breath. is sick Woosah. of hearing about it. <laughs> I go outside. I talk to the squirrels in the yard. Well, now you can talk to us at night. There you go. Now you can talk to us. <laughs> Tim's in Marlboro. Hey, Tim, you're next on 98.7. Timmy. Timmy's Tim- crashed the car because of all this Tua Talk. <laughs> all right, Timmy. Call back. Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry and Gordon. How are you? Mike, what's going on, man? Now, Larry, as you know, I've been calling you so for years every day. Now on the Michael K. Show, which you can listen to weekdays, Monday to Friday, 255 to 7, right here on ESPN New York, 98.7 FM. It'll be a group effort. You look at the Johnson track record, uh, John Itzik, Mike McCagnon, Adam Gase, when they say group, group effort, the owner has the final say. So what, Joe Douglas says, I want guy A, but the owner wants guy B. We get a guy B later. This, this happened last time. The guy A was uh, uh, Mike, uh, what, Pat Rule, but, there was a, but the, oh, the Johnson wanted the other guy, and we got Gase, and we got screwed. So I have no faith in this search because they do not give a power lay. All I want is the Johnsons to step away and let Joe hire the guy, but they will not go away. They will always interfere. Larry, I don't have, I, there's no faith in this team. And, Larry, as you know, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you for, for letting me call your show for all, all this time. Thank you, Larry. You're a good guy. Have a good night, guys. All right, all Mike. Right. Thanks for calling. I appreciate that. Here's the thing, Gordon. Remember this. The other thing that was very clear on the show today with uh, Joe Douglas on the K Show was that he said, which was very important, and I was talking about this last week, was that whoever they bring in as head coach will be allowed to pick his own coaching yes. staff. Yeah, That's another important thing, Gordon. Yeah, it absolutely. is. They would have done that with Matt Rule. Matt Rule would be your coach. Yeah. You wouldn't have dealt with Gase. Right. You wouldn't have dealt with him. Maybe what they do him. is they call up Mike McCagden and mm-hmm. they ask him who he thinks. And then they give him two options. And whatever Mike says, you go the other way. Yeah, you could do that. But I mean, I, that, I, that, that has a pretty good rate of success. I mean, after all, he's st- he is still under contract. <laughs> I thought he was. I wasn't going to say that for sure, but I thought yeah. he was. He's still under, I think he's got another year. He's still yeah. under contract, so they could do it. They really could. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. Joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Trey. What's going on, Larry? What's happening, man? You know, this, this, this Joe Judge thing is really sticking in my craw, man. So I got I to speak on it man, real quick. Um. 
just shut up. That's easy. You know, let that man coach his team. If, if the Giants would have won more games when they were supposed to win games, you don't leave your destiny in no other team's hands. Have them help you. Philly is never going to help New York in anything. Anything. So just coach your team, man. I understand, you know, he's coming from New England. And he's, he's, you know, I love that. I love that about Joe Judge. But the last, you know, I guess, what, 48 hours or so, I really hate it. Just do you, man. Just do your team. We got Trey, enough problems. You're preaching to the choir. Uh, you know, for a guy whose mantra this year, had, you know, not that he's used it and stolen it directly from Bill Belichick, but very much of a do-your-job kind of mentality to, you know, for, for all the praise that he got from this statement about the Eagles without mentioning the Eagles and the sacrifice. And this, I mean, it, it just sounded like whining. It just sounded, I mean, it just sounded it like, you know, the Giants on their ivory tower that jumping on and off the ivory tower is going to be part of the offseason conditioning program. Yeah, and and I get it. I get it, Gordon. He's you know more than likely he's trying to. I don't know if he's trying to get free agents to come sign there. And you know we're not going to do that here with the Giants. We're, man, whatever, man. If we would have won, get those. Man, I don't even have the schedule in front of me. All the all the L's we took this year. If you would have took care of business on all them L's, as, as passionate as you were, then as, as, uh, those players should have been playing like that when they was one and seven. You know, just. Yo, know, do your job, bro. Don't worry about nobody else's team. We got enough problems, man. Let them handle that trash up there up the, up the turnpike because that's a, that's a mess right there. So now we look like the fools and the Eagles look clean? Come on, man. That's a dumpster fire up there too, man. For real. That's a mess up there in Philly. That's a mess. But that's their mess. Let them handle it. We got our own problems, man. That's what, that's what I'm I agree with you, Trey. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. And, you know, usually this is what's so surprising about that, Gordon. If this – Hadn't been a situation, and I agree with uh, a couple of the folks. I saw some analysts earlier today who made the statement, and I said, you know what? You are a 1,000% right. If this was not a situation involving the Giants, if this was if, – if, if Philly did that to Dallas. Oh, my God. Would Joe Judge say anything? Nothing. You know, everybody's words. free to coach their team. That's the thing. Everybody's full of full of garbage, right? Like Ron Rivera saying, "Ah, eh, you know, if it happened to Ron Rivera, if he were put in Joe Judge's position, I'm sure he would have said the same things that Joe Judge said, right? Because they would have gotten screwed or it felt like they got screwed out of a playoff spot. That's right. But, but he wouldn't have said a word. He wouldn't have said the word. It's only because oh, no. of if, if Joe. Yeah, happened. no. If Joe Judge was the beneficiary of it, you know, he would have said all the things that Ron Rivera said. <laughs> you know, right. well, you know, this, these things happen in the NFL. This is not new. Uh, you know, here's what he said. Listen, both teams played hard. <laughs> we we coached them up. We did our best, and now we move on. And, and we, or if he was really taking a role, the road from Belichick, he'd have said. On to Tampa. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> On to Tampa. Very simple. On to Tampa. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.